थैंक यू एंड वेलकम टू आर पॉडकास्ट माई पर्सनल लाइब्रेरी आई एम प्रज्ञा तालिकोटी अ फिल्म मेकर बाई प्रोफेशन एंड आई एम गोइंग टू रीड एंड शेयर माई पर्सनल थाट्स ऑन सम ऑफ माई फेवरेट स्टोरीज फ्रॉम वेरियस बुक्स ऑथर्स जॉनराज एक्सेट्रा एंड अ स्मॉल डिस्क्लेम राइट्स ऑफ दीज स्टोरीज आर विद द रिस्पेक्टिव पब्लिशर्स और ऑथर्स दिस पॉडकास्ट इज प्रोड्यूस बाई पिक्सल्स अनलिमिटेड एंड नरेटेड बाई मी दैट इज प्रज्ञा तालिकोटी टूडे आई एम गोइंग टू रीड शॉर्ट स्टोरी रिटर्न बाई ओ हैंनरी Hats and Hands William Sidney Porter better known by his pen name O Henry was an American short story writer Henry was a master of surprise endings who wrote about the life of ordinary people in New York City a twist of plot which turns on an ironic or coincidental circumstance is typical of O Henry's stories Some of O Henry's works include The Gift of Maggie The Duplicity of Hargreaves and Ransom of Red Chief His legacy includes the O Henry Award an annual prize awarded to outstanding short stories. Hats and hands. At Denver there was influx of passengers into the coaches on the eastbound B&M Express. In one coach there sat a very pretty young woman dressed in elegant taste and surrounded by all the luxurious comforts of an experienced traveler. Among the newcomers were two young men, one of the handsome presence with bold frank countenance and manner. the other ruffled glum faced person heavily built and roughly dressed the two were handcuffed together as they passed down the aisle of the coach the only vacant seat offered was reversed one facing the attractive young woman here the linked couple seated themselves the young woman's glance fell upon them with distant self disinterest then with lovely smile brightening her countenance and a tender pink tinging her rounded cheeks she held out a little grey gloved hand when she spoke her voice full sweet and deliberate proclaimed that its owner was accustomed to speak and be heard well mr eastin if you will make me speak first i suppose i must don't you ever recognize old friends when you meet them in the west the younger man rose himself sharply at sound of her voice seemed to struggle with slight embarrassment which he threw off instantly and then clasped her hands with his left hand it's miss fairchild he said with a smile i'll ask you to excuse the other hand it's otherwise engaged just at present he slightly raised his right hand bound at the wrist by the shining bracelet to the left one of his companion the glad look in the girl's eyes slowly changed to a bewildered horror the glow faded from her cheeks her lips parted in a vague relaxing distress eastin with a little laugh as if amused was about to speak again when the other forestalled him the glum-faced man had been watching the girl's countenance with veiled glances from his keen shrewd eyes You'll excuse me for speaking miss but I see you're acquainted with the marshal here if you ask him to speak a word for me when we get to the pen he'll do it and it will make things easier for me there he's taking me to livenworth prison it's 7 years for counterfeiting oh said the girl with a deep breath and returning color so that is what you're doing out here a marshal my dear miss fairchild said eastin calmly i had to do something Money has a way of taking wings unto itself and you know it takes money to keep step with our crowd in Washington. I saw this opening in the west and well a marshalship isn't quite as high a position as that of ambassador. The ambassador said the girl warmly doesn't call any more. He needn't ever have done so. You ought to know that. And so now you are one of these dashing western heroes and you ride and shoot and go into all kind of dangers 
That's different from Washington life. You have been missed from the old crowd. The girl's eyes fascinated, went back widening a little to rest upon the glittering handcuffs. Don't you worry about them, miss, said the other man. All marshals handcuff themselves to their prisoners to keep them from getting away. Mr. Easton knows his business. Will we see you again soon in Washington? asked the girl. Not soon, I think, said Easton. My butterfly days are over, I fear. I love the West, said the girl irrelevantly. Her eyes were shining softly. She looked away out the car window. She began to speak truly and simply without gloss of style and manner. Mama and I spent the summer in Denver. She went back home a week ago because father was slightly ill. I could live and be happy in the West. I think the air here agrees with me. Money isn't everything. But people always misunderstand things and remain stupid. Say, Mr. Marshall, growled the clump-faced man. This isn't quite fair. I'm needing a drink and haven't had a smoke all day. Haven't you talked long enough? Take me a smoker now, won't you? I'm half dead for pipe. The bound travellers rose to their feet, Easton with same slow smile on his face. I can't deny a petition for tobacco, he said, lightly. It's the one friend of the unfortunate. Goodbye, Miss Fairchild. Duty calls, you know. He held out his hand for farewell. It's too bad you're not going east, she said, regloating herself with manner and style. But you must go on to Livenworth, I suppose. Yes, said Easton. I must go on to Livenworth. The two men sidled down the aisle of the smoker. The two passengers in a seat nearby had heard most of the conversation. Said one of them, That Marshall's good sort of chap. Some of these western fellows are all right. Pretty young to hold an office like that, isn't he? Asked the other. Young? exclaimed the first speaker. Why? Oh, didn't you catch on? Say, did you ever know an officer to handcuff a prisoner to his right hand? One more story of O. Henry. The title of this story, Hearts and Hands, draw a lot of attention. Apart from rhythmic quality, it can be explained from different perspectives. Though the hands of the two men were handcuffed representing a contrasting relation of a prisoner and an officer, the hearts went alike. The marshal could feel the beats of the heart of his convict. He came forward to save his prisoner from the embarrassing situation by lying to the woman. Although his hands were forced to do the duty of punishing a convict, his heart made him feel pity for Mr. Easton. This story reminds us the old lesson that appearances can be deceptive. Until the last line of the story, who'd have thought that Mr. Easton is not the marshal but the criminal? This twist in the end not only makes the story interesting and likable but also delivers the message that things should not always be taken at the face value. Hope you like the story written by famous writer O. Henry, Hearts and Hands. I am Pranya Tarikoti. You are listening to My Personal Library, the podcast. You can subscribe, rate and review on Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify or wherever you get the podcast. To know more, please follow Pixels Unlimited on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. Thank you for your time. Keep on listening.